this is where I'm going to chime in and say that Ryan can't do a British accent, but he does try very hard. Maybe. Baby tigers. The people with the fish. Welcome to Things That Get Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. Yeah, I had a, I have a friend who was texting me all about it. He's like, dude, have you been watching? I was like, no, Rachel's kind of been watching it. I've been, I've seen it in the background, all the podcasts I know are talking about it. He's like, dude, you have to watch it. It's literally American history or Oklahoma <laughs> history. Yeah, I, I think before this, I knew the city or like the township or whatever it is of Wynwood or Wynwood. But that's it. I didn't know. When this first came out, I thought it was all in Florida. I didn't realize the. It uh, makes more sense when it's in Oklahoma. He's certainly done something. The first time I ever heard of Joe Exotic was when he tried to run for president as an independent in like 2016. I I just remember that video. He's like, I I own tigers. I'm gay. I own a gun. I ain't putting on a suit for no one. And I'm running for president. (laughs) That's one way to spend quarantine. So I've been doing something fun in my limited time, mostly before going to bed, where I take my iPad and I put on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which I've gotten started to get pretty good at, Uh, gotten a lot faster at them. But it came because I was on YouTube and I found this YouTube channel, which uh, is not a pick, but it's like an informal pick. Are are you trying to to put in like four picks in one here? (laughs) Yes. I I gotta uh, hear about this YouTube channel, though. Yeah, so there's this channel I came across late at night called Cracking the Cryptic. And it's this guy. I think it's a couple people, but it's mainly this guy who finds these, like, very ornate, like... They're not just normal Sudokus, but they're, like, Sudokus with puzzles built into them. Oh, okay. And, like, these things where there will be, like squares that are a different color, and those have specific rules in them. And stuff. So I just some random thing and just some, you know, dumb headline I clicked on and watched and I watched like 20 minutes of this guy solving a Sudoku. He's this very charming British man. And he's just like, this is just it's astounding. I am absolutely lost in admiration at the beauty of this puzzle. <laughs> this is where I'm going to chime in and say that Ryan can't do a British accent, but he does try very hard. I try my best. So, <laughs> I think my favorite part of it was I, towards the end of it, I looked down at the comments and the very first comment is, why have I just watched this entire thing at 3 a.m. instead of going to bed? I've never solved a Sudoku in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it is, though. Like, you get, I got recommended this weird, like, it's a motion game, um, like a tactical game, and the entire video is in Japanese. And it's just this guy playing <laughs> Megalovania from uh, Undertale on this like single drum for like a Switch game. And I got recommended that. And I ended up watching like 30 of them. Again, <laughs> like it was late at night and I was just like astounded by this. It's, that's just how they get you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the algorithm. YouTube late night binges. It is. <laughs> but that, that's been how I've been, you know, I, I've realized that no amount of time will... Uh, help me not or you know help it it isn't lack of time that my creative dreams haven't come true uh but yeah. i have gotten a lot of sudokus done so that's been fun at least that's good though <laughs> helps your brain stay active it does nevertheless let's get to it uh this is the 43rd ever episode and we have four 43. rounds of questions 43 uh anyways i do not think there is a lot of animal related trivia oh. this game so that's where you're wrong maybe but uh you know we'll, we'll get there when we get there uh we will vie for all the baby t- 
tigers to be released back into captivity and in what is best wait, for the animal way wait, possible. Wait, wait, wait. What? Wait. What? So we're going to have them vying for the baby tigers to be released back into captivity. Yeah, it all makes sense, right? Okay. Just just all putting right. it out there. Yep. <laughs> Whatever. Yep. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. Let's get started with general trivia. General trivia, question number one. Uh, each answer will be worth two points. Call out when you know it. Albert Einstein turned down becoming president of what country in 1952? Rachel. Rachel. Israel. Yes. I, ju- I was going to say, I just heard this fact. Really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Nice job, Rachel. He's turned down becoming president of what country in 1952 whose statehood was formally declared in 1948? Uh, stating my relationship to the Jewish people has become my strongest human bond. Uh, good man, that Einstein. Yeah, to say the least. Uh, two points to Rachel there. Question number two. A gravitologist is a person who collects what item? Notable names who you might classify as gravitologists include Winston Churchill, Orville Redenbacher, Groucho Marx, and James Bond. Rachel? Rachel. Tongs. Tongs? Did, okay. Uh, yes, the word is gravitologist. Is it grab with a B or a V? Because this B. is going to change. B is in Bravo. Okay, no, it doesn't change my conclusion. <laughs> I like how you say gravitologist. They must like to grab things with tongs. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a reasonable conclusion. Stu. Uh, uh, pistols? Not pistols. Uh, a gravitologist collects what item? People you might classify as gravitologists include Winston Churchill, Orville Redenbacher, Groucho Marx, and James Bond. Mark. Stu, go ahead. If, yeah, you're in first. Cigars? Not cigars. Okay. Not monocles. Rachel. Rachel, do you have a guess? Cars. Not cars. Is it tuxedos? Uh, not tuxedos. You're on the right track. Uh, Orville, Redenbacher, Churchill, Marx, Bond. Uh, these would be either bow ties or neckties. Oh, man. Gravitologist is somebody who right. fancies themselves some ties. <laughs> M as in Mansi. Uh, let's look up the etymology of a gravitologist. <laughs> I don't know. Question My great uncle th- was one of those, by the way. Oh, when he died, man. he had like, I think something around 500 and every yes. single one of his male descendants got, um, got willed a bow tie. <laughs> so my dad has a single bow tie that he, I think he's worn once to his funeral. Question number three, what author whose most notable book is about suppression and information? Sorry. What author whose most notable book about the suppression of information itself was banned in the USSR for being anti-communist while also being banned in the US for being pro-communist? Rachel? Rachel. 1984. What author? Oh, what author? Um, Orson Welles? Not Stu. Stu. Orson Stu. Welles. <laughs> Stu? Oh, George Orwell. <laughs> Yeah. Crap. Uh. Sorry. Orville Redenbach. Right I, I, I just got so author. mixed up in the moment. <laughs> With dogs. Shut up. Sorry, Rachel. I Thank worked I... from 8 o'clock in the morning, roughly yesterday, until 11 o'clock at night. Oh, Jesus. 
So where are all this time, people? <laughs> so where are all this time that people are having during the quarantine for those that are working from home is coming from? I don't know what it is. <laughs> We're all time That's lords. right. Even on top of these questions, I thought you had it. <laughs> but it's a similar name, easy mistake to make. But uh, two points to stew there for George Orwell. Uh, I, I just love the fact that the same book, 1984, was banned in the USSR for being anti-communist while also being banned in the U.S. for being pro-communist. So, you know, politics are fun. Uh, question number four. What device deemed the pinnacle of cynicism was banned in Disney theme parks in 2015 over safety concerns? <laughs> Selfie stick. Question number five. What mid-1800s play about the satirical and awkward meeting of a boorish American to his aristocrat English relatives drew great acclaim during its time, but is most notable for its showing in Ford's Theater on April 14th, 1865? What is this play's name? I don't know. Is that a play? No. Yes, it is a play. What mid-1800s play about the satirical and awkward meeting of a boorish American to his aristocratic English relatives drew great acclaim, but is most notable for its showing in Ford's Theater on April 14th, 1865. Stew? Stew. I don't think. Rich man, poor man? No. Okay. Any other guesses? I can't remember the name. All right. Uh, you would obviously pin the theater and the date to Lincoln's assassination. And what play was being played at this time? This was Our American Cousin, oh. a mid-1800s play. Right. No points there. Question number six, last question of the round. The Titanic sank at 2.20 a.m. on April 15th, 1912, 400 miles outside of what nearest country? Rachel. Rachel. Canada. Yes. Nicely done. Nice. Is, uh, departed from London uh, on its way to New York, I believe, and crashed uh, outside of uh, 400 miles outside of Newfoundland in Canada. Dude. Did nice. you know? Sorry. Quick fun Good. fact. There is a woman that survived the sinking of the Titanic, its sister ship um, sinking as well, and there was a third ship. I gotta, I gotta look up her name. She survived three giant sinking ship catastrophes, and the, actually the second one and the third one, because of her experience on the Titanic, she was able to like help a lot of people survive. Because she would teach them of like, oh, put your safety jacket or like your life vest on wow. under your coat. Because if you have to ditch your coat in the water because you're too heavy, you still got your jacket on. Like she ended up saving like hundreds uh. of lives because of it. Also, if you're the same person who's been on three sinking ships, at what point do people maybe not start pointing the finger yeah, at you? Dude, the I know, right? It was um, her name was Violet Jessup and she survived the Titanic, the Britannic and Olympic disasters. That's what it was. It was the turn of the century. We're going to go to the moon on these ships. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Would it really make a difference? Nope. <laughs> and uh, we are going into round number two, which is user submitted. Oh, no. Yes. Which is a big deal. Uh, our friend Anne, who has uh, emailed in a couple times and is active on Instagram and everything, uh, has been awesome and wanted to send in a round on uh, the Eurovision Song Competition. 
which uh, she's an active, uh, really loves it. We talked a little bit about it. Uh, and uh, although it is uh, canceled this year, unfortunately, oh. but still felt like it was a good time to share these. And uh, so I have six questions uh, about Eurovision and some of the artists but uh, obviously, uh, I am akin to uh, the lack of Eurovision that takes place stateside. So uh, <laughs> these should be gettable. This will be a tough round, but they should be gettable. Uh, <laughs> she did, when she sent them in, she did say, uh, I send you this in the week of rumors that the U.S. might be joining Eurovision, uh, have been slowly growing, and in the nicest way possible, we don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, <laughs> well we don't blame them for you guys out there all our european and eurovision participant country That's people right. listeners yeah. um okay. we know we are unwanted <laughs> and when we get participate and when our country ends up participating we just kind of all kind of uh, cringe uh, but if you are uh, interested a little bit in some of the Eurovision stuff, uh, I don't quite know what's going to happen this year uh, other than it being canceled. So I don't know if like people are still getting songs out. Uh, Did you but, want uh, somebody else to look disappointed in you than the person you're talking to in Zoom? Well, we've got the thing for you. <laughs> but uh, Anne has a blog. It is ESC as in Europe. Eurovision song competition, uh, escarmchair.blogspot.co.uk, uh, or at, uh, ESC armchair on Twitter. Uh, really, really think big thanks to Anne. These are great questions. Uh, I took them. I, uh, Americanized them a little bit. <laughs> does does, does that translate them to down? <laughs> but, uh, six questions here, mostly about music stuff. Uh, they should all be mostly gettable. Question number one. Before appearing on Eurovision in 1997 with the song Love Shine a Light, Katrina and the Waves' biggest hit was what? Cheery and upbeat song whose 20th anniversary unfortunately aligned exactly with Hurricane Katrina's devastation in the U.S. Drawing many headlines off each other, this song would go on to become an anthem for the Gulf Coast's recovery. Katrina and the Waves. Biggest hit is what cheery and upbeat song? I've never even heard of them. You've definitely heard of this song. All right. This is a uh, little tough. You probably have to know it or not. But uh, the song you definitely know is uh, Walking on Sunshine oh. by Katrina and the Waves. Back in uh, 1985, it was released, performed on Eurovision in 1997. But as Katrina and the Waves' 20th anniversary of this song happened was right when Hurricane Katrina came down and mm. there was a lot of headlines and stuff like that. I see. So, yeah. Uh, walking on sunshine, no points there. Question number two. Few outside Russia would have known this faux lesbian duo before their... I've never heard of this. This faux lesbian duo before their 2003 Eurovision. But they'd go on to have global mega hits such as All the Things She Said... Not gonna get us in all about us. That would be tattoo. I, I, I'm certain you've heard all the things she said. Uh, question number three: This Canadian singer represented Switzerland in 1988 and won by just one point. Her breakthrough began when she duetted with Peebo Bryson for Beauty and the Beast. And when oh, she Rachel. Sang, Rachel. This is Angela Lansbury. This is not Angela Lansbury. No. I thought she was the one who sang. Uh, Are you sure you got she, the right movie? <laughs> yeah, I'm positive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she duetted with Pebo Bryson for Beauty and the Beast, and when she sang the lead track in some film about a boat. 
for the record, Angela Lansbury sang the title track and Celine Dion covered it. I thought you should know that. I'm looking things up. When you listen to the movie, the one you hear during the movie is the Angela Lansbury, the one in the credits is the Celine Dion. The original song looks to be by Celine Dion. I think you're wrong. According to Wikipedia, it does say the film's theme song, the Broadway-inspired ballad, was first recorded by British-American actress Angela Lansbury, her role as the voice of the character Miss Potts. Beauty and the Beast was subsequently recorded as a pop duet by Canadian singer Celine Dion. Correct. Aha. Uh-huh. I knew it. And I do love Disney. Things with Disney get precedent, so uh, <laughs> I get a point just for Beauty and the Beast. Uh, my favorite part is uh, Anne wrote the, ta- the end of this part, and when she sang the lead track in some film about a boat. Uh, question number four. The singer Lulu won Eurovision in 1969. Today, at 71 years old, she's still, she is still a huge star in the UK, but is best known in the US for her title song in the Sydney Poitier classic, To Sir With Love, and in what 1974 Roger Moore Bond film? Wow, nice job, Mark. Yeah, I would not have gotten that. Uh, nice job. Question number five. This Australian singer is the granddaughter of a Nobel-winning physicist. She appeared on Eurovision in 1974, the same year she won two Grammys. But she is best known for the actress-singer combo as Sally Olsen in Greece. This Australian singer is the granddaughter of a Nobel-winning physicist. She appeared on Eurovision in 1974, the same year she won two Grammys, but is best known for the actress-singer combo as Sally Olsen in Greece. No guesses for Greece. Olivia Newton-John. No points there. Question number six, last question of the round. This Swedish supergroup won in ni- Swedish supergroup won in 1974 with the song Waterloo, but are probably best known stateside for their songs "Mamma Mia" and "Dancing Queen." That would be ABBA. Uh, all right, let's get into the third round, the specialty round, bringing back triple rhyme time. Or I will give you a sequence with three rhyming words. Uh, I don't particularly need the order. Uh, I just need the words. Although they, they do sort of follow a, a specific order, but that doesn't necessarily matter. All right. Question number one. A Scandinavian seafarer with a pleasant preference for traveling by pedal-powered two-wheelers. Wait, can you repeat that? <laughs> it's a lot to parse here. We're playing triple rhyme time here. A Scandinavian seafarer with a pleasant preference for traveling by pedal-powered two-wheelers. Yeah, that's my thing I'm getting caught up on, too. Uh, Stu. S- Stu. Viking liking biking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice job. The... Uh, I have biking liking Viking, but I... Oh, yeah, same. I guess that would make sense. But. Same. All right, nice job. Two points to steer there. Question Thank number you. two. A just and righteous bouquet awarded for an astonishing achievement. This one may be the hardest one of the round. 
a just and righteous bouquet awarded for an astonishing achievement. Any guesses? Sound it out by a vowel. Sound it out. <laughs> well, I, I think I've got, I've got two different versions going, and I'm not quite sure which one is. Okay. Can you repeat so. the whole thing again? Yeah, a just and righteous bouquet awarded for an astonishing achievement. Rachel, do you have a guess? Well, it was like flower power tower or plant grant something, all of which kind of are synonyms, both of what? Yeah, none of those are it. I would have maybe given you plant grant had you finished it and stuck the landing. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Is it just... Sorry, good. No, I don't. I don't have okay. three of them. I... A just and righteous bouquet awarded for an astonishing achievement. If maybe I gave you that, uh, the astonishing achievement. The word is laurel. Like you get your laurels. Floral you know laurel. Oh, stew. Stew. Well, maybe uh, moral floral laurel. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Just a righteous bouquet would give you a moral, floral, laurel. Uh, I can give Stu one point for that. Thanks. Since we were down in the weeds there. Uh, like I said, that was probably the toughest one of the round. I, did, I would not have gotten laurels at all. I was going with like holy and then, yeah, I just, I did not have that. A moral, floral, laurel. I just like the word laurels. <laughs> Question uh, one point to stew there. Question number three: the absolute most you can levy against Madame Tussauds sculpted statues. That'll be the max wax tax. Nice job. Question number four: the goal of betrothing the immortal voice of the Chicago Cubs. The goal of betrothing the immortal voice of the Chicago Cubs. Any guesses? No, sorry. But repeat it again. <laughs> the goal of betrothing the immortal voice of the Chicago Cubs. The goal of Rachel. I, so I know two of them. Rachel. I, I really. I, I'm actually. Actually, I'm not sure if uh, Mary Harry Carey. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. I, was I wasn't say, sure. Like, I, don't know if- I was trying to look for a third word, and I wasn't sure. The goal right, of betrothing I- is to is to be wed. It's engagement. Betrothing is to get engaged. Promise yeah. to be engaged, depending on. I see. I, I see the confusion with the immortal acting as if it were a, a third or a fourth, whatever. Yeah, that's what I got hung up on was the immortal part. But Gotcha. But that would be to Mary, Harry Carey. As all of us aspire to. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite planet? Mine's the sun because it's bright and shiny. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, two points to Rachel there. Question number five. A laid-back, lemon-colored soda playing a stringed instrument. Stew. Mellow yellow cello. Yeah. Woo, nice. Mellow yellow also being a soda. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Two points to stew there. Question number six, last question of the round, uh, my favorite one of the round. A Pacific Northwest armed fight amongst bovine. A Pacific Northwest armed fight amongst bovine. I know two of them. Which one are you stuck on? Pacific Northwest? Oh, Stu. 
God, it took Stu. me a second. Uh, Seattle Battle Cattle. Yeah. Oh, gosh. The Seattle Battle Cattle, which I hope is what they call the new uh, Seattle hockey team. That show. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Seattle Battle Cattle. Uh, that is the end of that round. All right. Ooh. This final round is round we've done before. It is three of a kind. I will give you three items that share a link. They can all maybe be part of the same group or they can be three things that have the same word or whatever the case may be. You have to um, suss that out. Give me the answer for three of a kind. Question number one uh, might be the hardest one. (laughs) We'll see. Sarah, Mary and Winifred Sanderson. Sarah, Mary, and Winifred Sanderson. Going out on a limb here, and it's just a full-on guess. All right. Are they Brandon Sanderson's kids? (laughs) No, I don't know if I would reach that deep. (laughs) So this is, you're trying to name the group of what these three things are? These three, in this case, these three women all have a uh, similar connection. Is it the Brady Bunch daughters? No. That would be Marsha, Jan, and... I've I've never actually watched Brady Bunch ever, so... I watched it a lot as a kid. It was fun. Sarah, Mary, and Winifred Sanderson. This one's a little tough. If I showed you a picture, you would immediately get it. Would we? Uh, You would, because these are the three witches from Hocus Pocus. (gasps) Oh, man. Confession. I've never seen Hocus Pocus fully through. You need to leave the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I also don't think I've seen it since I was a kid. It's still fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, Mary, and Winifred Sanderson. Question number two. Taking testimony outside of court. Gas transforming into a solid. Sediment being added to a landform. Rachel? Nope. I got... Rachel? Like, depositing a deposition? I'm I'm not sure. I'm sure the the version of the word you're looking for. I'll, I'll give you deposition. And the legal term is deposition, but I think the third one is deposit, so I'm not... <laughs> uh, I believe you can leave a deposition. Okay. Maybe sound it know. out phonetically different, but I did look these up. I, I, I don't know. That's why I'm just... <laughs> deposition uh, will earn you two points. Nice. Question number three. Ziggy Sardust, Major Tom... Uh, David Jones being the real name of David Bowie and the other two just being uh, uh, question number four American bridal veil horseshoe this one might be a tough one (laughs) American bridal veil horseshoe Rachel Rachel (laughs) I'm about to be so mean to us Tool? Uh, be so mean to us? Well, okay. Well, tool. T-U-L-L-E is a type of material. A horseshoe is also a tool. And, you know, Americans are generally considered tools. 
<laughs> I would give you points for that anyway. <laughs> How does bridal veil fit into that one? Tool, T-U-L-L-E, is a, is a common a material made for use for bridal veils. <laughs> uh, not quite the line of thinking I was going down. (laughs) (laughs) This might have been a little easier had I said American Falls, Bridal Veil Falls, Horseshoe Falls, three falls that make up Niagara Falls. Oh. So uh, no points awarded there. (sighs) I don't know. We can put it up to a vote. No, I mean, I'm fine. I didn't get it right, but... (laughs) But I was really proud of my creativity. <laughs> Tool is like the thing you see like um, like little girls like with the ballerina things. That's like the poofy kind of like rough t- fabric. Yeah, that was just on Jeopardy that we watched. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Question number five. 1990s TV show. Poker hand. Yahtzee roll. 1990s TV show. Poker hand, Yahtzee roll. Oh, stew? Stew? Full house? Yes. What's nice. that with the Yahtzee ah. roll? You can roll a full house in Yahtzee. Oh, I haven't played Yahtzee in ages, so I don't even remember the rules. All right. Question number six, the last question of the game. A haunting spirit, lead character in suits, Bond film. A hunting spirit, lead oh character in Suits, Bond flick. What the hell is Suits? TV show. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. So it's like Friends. Excellent. Oh, no. Yeah, Friends is just, mediocre. No, you're going to have to cut that out. I just insulted a lot of people who are passionate <laughs> about Friends. <laughs> no guesses. This would be no. Spectre. Oh. oh man. Harvey mm. Specter or a haunting Specter or the latest Bond flick. So that is the end of the game. We can get to some picks where each episode, a couple of us give a movie, a game, an experience, something cool like that. We recommend you check out. And Rachel, you have a pick. Guys, I haven't left the house in two weeks. And when I say that, I mean uh, that. I haven't stepped outside in two weeks. Um, and I've also been insanely busy. So what have I been curious about during this time? Well, I want to know what the animals at zoos are doing. So, <laughs> because I love the zoo. Uh, when we used to live right by the Lincoln Park Zoo, I tried to go there almost every week, if only to walk around because it's free to get in. Yeah. And so... Where are these live cams? These zoo cams? Oh, these I've are for the San like Diego of- Zoo. Just do a nice, beautiful Google search for San Diego Zoo cams and you are having you'll go to their website you'll have the choice of the animal of your choice who do you want to watch all day do you want to watch a lion sleep all day that's you do you want to watch the (laughs) penguins get unnaturally excited about the zookeeper coming in who's just there to clean and doesn't actually have food there for you do you want to watch the fact that they have a cute new baby um elephant oh yeah voila I think it depends on the animal. So things that are tend to be shyer, th- um, for example, um, like snakes and a lot of the reptiles, they spend most of their life hiding. So now that there's no people around, they feel a little more comfortable coming out. 
uh, like monkeys and stuff, they actually get really entertained by the visitors. So that the zoo, so the zookeepers are actually having to do a lot more for them because they're very bored. Yeah, I had actually heard that recently. I think it was maybe like a Reddit thread or something where they were talking about zookeepers during this time, and I had never considered that. The normally I would think like the animals are in cages or in you know whatever, and the humans are sort of a nuisance to them. But it never really crossed my mind that the humans actually kind of play the role as um, enrichment for the animals and actually give them something to do. Yeah. Like I know penguins anywhere you go, like any zoo or aquarium or something like that penguin and specifically like enrichment is a huge deal. So there's always like new toys or they're doing new things. When I was in Canada, when I was in uh, Calgary, they let the, the penguins walk along a trail outside on the main area when it was cold just for as enrichment. And it never really dawned on me that like, people actually play that role, especially for things like sea otters and very like active things like what Rachel was saying, like monkeys and stuff like that. It's really mm-hmm. cool. Nice. I like that. It's just San Diego zoo on their website. They have all the live cams. Super easy to find. Just a quick Google search. That's awesome. Uh, I have a pick. Mine's a little different. I sort of have a, uh, a tandem of picks uh, as people are doing their online shopping and whatnot. Um, I've just I've been in the habit for a long time of using uh, an app in particular called privacy.com, which is essentially kind of like a VPN for your credit card. Like you you hook up a bank account and it allows you to spin up as many virtual credit cards as you want, um, which is really cool and something you can use a just so if you're online, like obviously if you if you trust Amazon, if you trust Google or whatever, like that's one thing. But like if you're just like. You know, if I'm like ordering pizza on DoorDash or something like that, like I don't want them to know my credit card or my email or any of that stuff. So like you can do this or if you're setting up a thing, like if you're trying to get like HBO or Netflix or like a free trial, it's a really good way to do something like that. You can set it to where there's a limit and it'll never go over that limit, like a dollar or ten dollars or whatever. And it can somebody trying to ping that card can never go over that. So if you're like trying to get a subscription and they're super shady and they immediately like try to hit you, you know, with twice the amount or charge you early or something like that. Like a lot of that stuff happens. And if anything else, like I said, it's, it's really nice to know that your card number is in as few places as possible. Um, it's really easy to use. Like you can just use it as a Chrome extension or an extension on like Safari or anything like that. And as an app, uh, and it gives you just, it just spins up a credit card number and you can use it. And, uh, something I use a lot. I pretty much use anytime. It's not something that like, I know I'm constantly going to use my card on. Uh, so I would really highly encourage that. Uh, there's also another app that is sort of along the same vein, but for email, um, similar like if you're going to sign up for a subscription to something um and you just want to have something that doesn't ping your own email uh i use a free service called temp-mail.org and it's literally just like a fake mailbox that you can use at any time and it keeps until you clear it or you decide to manually change it uh it gives you a little kind of virtual fake inbox. So if you have something and you need to like agree to a thing or like click to confirm your account, you can do that. But then your email is separate. So you don't like get your email spammed with a bunch of crap. Um, Just nice to have these options, especially privacy.com. Email is probably people care a little bit less about, but uh, I think still has an important place uh, if you need it. 
So just, you know, stuff like that. Trying to keep your stuff safe. Trying to not get like, A, your credit card compromised or anything like that. But, you know, just keeping your information safe. Something I think about a lot and care about the privacy of stuff, you know. On our websites, we don't have any like Google ads or anything, any trackers or anything like that. I think, um, you know, just stuff that I like to be conscious about. And uh, I think uh, you should check it out too. That's really cool. Yeah. I definitely would have used the credit card thing for like a Sam's Club subscription because I only needed it one time, but I got yeah. charged for like two years of it and I had to call it. Like, it was a whole mess of stuff. So like that would have been really handy. Privacy advocacy, all that kind of stuff. Like it's not, I'm sure, I'm sure that people do it and they spam like a thousand subscriptions on Netflix or whatever. Like, I don't know, that, that could be an option, but really it just comes down to like making sure that you don't get screwed over on things. And yeah, like you said, like getting charged for stuff when you shouldn't be, or, you know, getting like upcharge where it's like, Oh, it's only $5 today. And then it's $50 a month after that. And you don't know. And it's impossible to cancel that stuff. And now your card's kind of already on the hook. It's really hard to go through that stuff. So this is just like getting the gate early where you can set that stuff. You can set it to only, and it's actually like you can set up a card and say, I want this to be my my takeout food budget essentially. So I'm going to have, yeah. you know, $50 a month and the card won't go over that. You can set it monthly, like daily or just in total. So you can say like I only want it for this little like subscription sign up. I'm going to put $10 down and it's never going to go over that. Um, just really cool. And the fact that it's so easy, like you just click on the thing, set up a card, like you can just click it to copy. Um, you don't have to deal with numbers and like clicking like inputting your credit card a hundred times like stuff like that just makes it really easy so cool uh nice. yeah that's privacy.com and temp the one i use is temp-mail.org would recommend both of those uh let us know if you have a pick uh we're all spending a bunch of time at home checking out random websites and whatever so if you have something cool or a movie or a, a tiger king sequel <laughs> <laughs> Let us know at things got wrong at gmail.com. Hit us up uh, at things got wrong on Twitter and Instagram and check out the website things for all the past episodes, show notes and more. Next episode will come out at the end of May. That will be our round robin game. Uh, you definitely want to stick tuned for that. Stick and, tuned. Uh, stick, stick tuned, tuned you guys. Nick tune. <laughs> stick tuned for Nick tune. And uh, until then, we'll see you later. 